You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, that's right. We're the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. And guess what, Will? I am at a library conference. I'm at the Illinois Library Association Conference in beautiful Tinley Park, Illinois. I'm in my hotel room, so if my audio sounds weird, it's probably because I'm in this hotel room, Will. So what do you think about that? At Roto Librarian at a library conference. <laughs> it's the one... A library-oriented event that you never check out from. Oh, that's good. I like that. Well done. Well done. We'll be here all night. Library pun. (laughs) You only get that, folks, on the Fantasy Joes. The libraries. That's right. You know, I met a guy, Will, that actually wrote the paper on fantasy football in libraries. There's actually a a paper out there. So his name is Mick Jacobson, kids. Look him up. Uh, And I'm in a league with him, and he is dominating the league. He is is 7-0. And uh, not only can he write papers about fantasy football, he, he can back it up with, with some great managing will. Okay. Is this the, the <laughs> library league that you're in? It is the library league. Lost in the stacks. Yep. Uh, there's a waiting list for this league. I is think. that the one where somebody like dropped Alvin Kamara last year? Is it the same league? No, that's not the same league. Okay. <laughs> no, you so, said that was a work league though, right? No, no, I, I'm in two library-related leagues. There's one at my library, and then there is one in uh, the greater Chicagoland area. Yes, li- librarians. It's a savvy group, Will. You wouldn't survive in these leagues, I'm telling you. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to read the responses to my trade offers. <laughs> like, page 16, I'm out. Like, you had my attention. Thank you. So, Will, you're back. You're back from the European vacation. How are you? You know, kind of felt kind of felt like I never left. I always felt like I was here with you. I uh, listened to the episode while I was gone, and it sparked some thoughts. And uh, you know, you know, came back and started getting into the grind of everything again. I definitely left a couple players in that were uh, out. I left Sammy Watkins and Chris Thompson in in two different leagues. Oh, uh, like one each individually, and like I mean, it's fine. Like whatever. I was on vacation in, in Europe, so you take the good with the bad. And you plan for those things when you're so good at fantasy football, like I am. But uh. You know, they don't hurt you in the long run. Hey, hey, Will, in either of those leagues... Did Just you have kidding, league? I felt really embarrassed. <laughs> did, you, did you have league mates get in the chat and be like, oh my gosh, this guy started Chris Thompson, he's not even playing this week, that's ridiculous. Well, so Ryan, I sent you that message, you know, I was like, hey, I'm really proud of this, I'm first in that experts league here with the guys from the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I started Sammy Watkins in that league this week. <laughs> no, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Brown for the... Oh. for the Rams. I thought I had switched it out. I just don't think I hit save because I looked at it on Sunday too. And I thought I had re resubmitted. Uh, it turns out I didn't. I'm no longer the leading scorer, but I'm not far behind. Hey, does that bother you though in, in the league chat where if someone calls out another owner for not like starting, for starting someone that's out that week, does that bother you or do you just let it go? Let's well, the, the, it just depends on what the, what's trying to do. I, I like, I think so though I've, I've only uh, intentionally tanked once. So I'm not an innocent bystander here. Bystander here, Ryan. It was a dynasty Darwinism when another team wasn't starting any of their starters, and I was trying to lose. So I just stopped. Start like I stopped putting players in that were actually playing. You know, I would just fill the lineup with whatever because nobody seemed to care. And I think there should be like a, a rule against like, like, like just like objectively taking really early on, like or, or in general, because the unless the league is set up in a way to where when somebody tanks, it it 
doesn't benefit just those people that are playing them or the schedule is such that, you know, that, that one team, the thing is like, it just affects everybody and that's not really fair. Right. My life story. So uh, when you, let's say, you know, you have like Devonte Adams in uh, and they played on that or like a Thursday night game and you missed it and cause you were out like doing stuff or uh, th- those kind of things. That's not a huge deal to me. But if, uh, if you can tell that somebody's clearly quite intentionally doing things to make their team worse on a week to week basis, it's a little hard to, well, uh, what I should say is you need to set the precedent as a group in the league. Like one person shouldn't define how everything's handled because they do it. That conversation should be had at the start of the league, which I'm learning that this should be something like in the bylaws of what the rules are of what you're supposed to do. And then what the consequences are if you don't follow through. Uh, or yeah. if you're, if the whole league's okay with it, I'm okay with it, but it's a, you know, it's your league. It's your, you, know, you pay into these leagues. It's everybody's money. So I think there should be a consensus on it. You know, well, I like leagues where, it's not a total given that if you finished as a worst team that you get that one-on-one pick like our Konami code league that we're in, you, you have the greatest odds if you finish last to get the one-on-one, but it's, it's not a given, you, you know, you get, it's kind of like the NBA lottery. I kind of like systems like that. Cause I think it does incentivize people to be competitive as long as they can, you know what I mean? Uh, like if they're a borderline team. So the, so that again, that, that league that's called Minnesota made dynasty, right? The, the, I'm just going to call it the DTC league. Uh, they do a disrespect draft. So at the beginning of each year, we just started this year, you get to draft somebody else's rookie picks. Oh, really? So, and the person who finishes last gets the first draft pick for the next year, but they can't choose their own team. So huh. it's called Dynasty, just, it's called the disrespect draft because you're choosing the team that you think is going to do the worst. And it's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. And I, I think like that's that. a good wrinkle. And it really does prevent a lot of tanking in that way. Yeah, that's good. And there's a lot of things you can build in the leagues to prevent taking, which I, which I think is good. This makes it more fun when everyone's, you know, putting in a full effort. Um, Will, I, I got to say I'm impressed. You were gone for a week and you came back and you put a lot of notes into the show sheet and a lot of good stuff here. A lot of talk about wide receivers. So, Well, can I tell you where this – it's all spurred from too because I listened yeah. to the episode last week and I got real jelly of you guys' <laughs> conversation. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to do some more research into this. And I do these things where you get into like this little like research mode. You know, I'm looking up week to week. I'm looking at how many times wide receivers have finished this way. And then I posted, uh, I didn't share this spreadsheet with you, Ryan, but there's, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I spent a couple hours on this. Like, uh, it, it's pretty in-depth. And I was curious about like last year, if PPR wide receiver, and I just went just regular full PPR, no bonus scoring, just to have like a, a gauge of what's happening. And what's happening with wide receivers this year versus last. But anyway, this was all sparked because I really liked you guys' conversation last week. And uh, I guess I am like a, a jilted lover. So, <laughs> oh man, uh, no, it, w- it was a great conversation with uh, with Charles. But we're gonna have a great conversation tonight, Will. So, what what was your kind of takeaway from the the listening to the podcast last week? Um, did did do you walk away with anything other than like I need to research this for myself? Well, no, it's just that the wide receiver position is messed up, and let's not overreact over the first. The, we're seeing a big change. I feel I feel like in the NFL with the way wide receivers are treated. Uh, and or year over year, they're, they're, I think they're way more volatile than what we give credit for. Uh, and that was what really struck home for me. And that's why I was just curious uh, to, to kind of go through and just look at it because you guys talked about how many different players have finished as just a wide receiver three. Well, I was very curious, like, how many now have finished as a wide receiver two? And how about a wide receiver one? And then how many of those have repeated? And 
you know, then who's missing? Like, what's what's happening here? Like, who's missing out on this 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 you know wide receiver one and two party? And uh, it's just uh, I guess I didn't you know it's funny as I didn't look at like previous years, but there's definitely some uh, there's some big holes in the wide receiver group this year compared to when you look at the way wide receivers drafted last year have performed in the first seven weeks. So, you know, put all those things in there, Ryan. But I think the one the one thing I want to hit on. Uh, as we look at last year versus this year. So, uh, you know, last year, like PPR points uh, through the first seven games, uh, Adam Thielen was scoring uh, 1.4 more PPR points per game than Chris Godwin. And we didn't really, I feel like we, you know, got really happy to Adam Thielen. We got really excited. But I don't know if we really, like, internalized or categorized just how, how good of a start that was. Uh, because I feel like Chris Goddard with, you know, being younger and being on that team, he's also with this massive volatility this season, but like it's real high and then just two lows. But uh, it's just, I guess the, the where I'm going with this point is saying that let's not overreact to like weeks one through seven quite yet uh, with um, players points per game. Uh, there just has been such, like such variance. Like, like in, uh, in 27, in 2016, you know, remember we had that Marvin Jones, like, just just going off the rails right you know, he was wide receiver eight overall after seven weeks uh in 2017 you have the, uh, you know a whole nother a whole nother situation uh and and you know like Larry Fitzgerald was wide receiver three after seven weeks there's a there's so much Chris Hogan was wide receiver nine after seven weeks in 2017 so you know we talked about the last episode of like how this is going to change your opinion about like you know or two episodes ago you know, rookie wide receivers and people who are booming early, how you're going to attack that. And because I had major FOMO about what I had done in my leagues, not attacked it hard enough. I don't, I don't think my, like, like my opinion has changed yet, but uh, I think it's very interesting to see that just because you, you know, you, you finished uh, pretty, pretty well in the first seven or even the first like three or four, you could go and do this. Uh, it's, it's such high variance that maybe like taking a relax wasn't such a horrible idea even though I will be more aggressive next year. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm looking at this list of these repeat wide receiver one performances. And my takeaway is there are two names on the list that I think were kind of downplayed in in terms of their values in dynasty. Uh, Alan Robinson for one and Amari Cooper is another name that, I mean, not that people valued Amari Cooper, but I don't think they valued him like, like this. I think Amari Cooper Personally, I think he is a um, first-round startup pick. Um, he, I mean, he is just so good. And we knew he was talented going into the year. We knew Allen Robinson was talented. And, and look, he's, he's playing with the worst quarterback in the NFL right now, or arguably one of the worst quarterbacks, and he's still putting up huge numbers. So to me, you know, it, it's guys that we know are talented. It, it's invest in talent in that situation. You know, that's something Chris Harris talks about all the time. Uh, and Chris Godwin's another example of that. You know, the – that kind of knock against him. And I was one of these people in the off season. I mean, I, I was probably, um, maybe I didn't hate on him as much as a lot of people, but, but still I was thinking, Oh, maybe he'll be a low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver three. Um, you know, it was like, he's a wide receiver two in Tampa and he's got Mike Evans blocking him and how high can he actually ascend? But we knew he was a talented guy. We knew he was a talented wide receiver. And um, you know, you, once again, you invest in the talent. And even though a situation might have been murky, you know, O.J. Howard didn't emerge. Mike Evans, maybe he's not the best wide receiver in, in Tampa. Maybe it is Chris Godwin. And um, I, I think that we just need to invest in talent sometimes. 
And it, it's just that simple. Um, and sometimes you can invest in talent like a Corey Davis and it may not pay off, but maybe it does with Corey Davis because now Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback and maybe we're going to start to see that. So I guess for me, it's, it's just to remember that if there's a guy that's talented and you like him, even if the situation is murky, it can change quickly. So that's why like a Juju Smith-Schuster, if I wait long enough and he doesn't have the year that, it, that you know, many wanted him to have, I think he's a guy to target in the offseason if he, if he finishes poorly because we know that Juju is younger, he's talented, he's amazing. It's just his situation has gotten murky, at least temporarily. Yeah. So you look at, like, Amari Cooper's overall stats for the first few weeks. Uh, one, I think it's interesting, in week six, he put up 1.3 points. But his points per pace is not like a – he's not keeping up with what was there in the past. So that's uh, – I want to look at receivers like that and, and guys like that I have on our team that are – they're very flashy players right now. Their dynasty value is definitely uh, on the the upside, like the upswing. But that kind of player, like you know, can you can you get like if you were just to move Amari Cooper right now straight up for Devontae Adams, you think you get that done? Probably because you know Devontae Adams is giving people zeros each week. Um, I, I I'd be interested in the Devontae Adams side. I still haven't given up faith in Devontae Adams, but um, but but you know Cooper's close. For me, and remember week six, Will, Cooper didn't play very long. I mean, he went out with the injury. You know, he gave it a go and he couldn't go, you know. So I don't think that's fair to, to ding him for that, that game. Yeah, I mean, I get there's always circumstance around, like, fantasy points. Uh, but it's still, like, it's still fantasy points, right? Like, I mean, Devontae Adams is getting dinged for being out. And he wasn't performing very well before he had turf toe. Except for the game he got turf toe. I guess, like, <laughs> finally hurt himself. He did really well, but... Yeah, that was disappointing. But we don't, we don't like you're talking about uh, Chris Godwin replacing Mike Evans as the wide receiver one in Tampa. You're not discounting Mike Evans' flu that he's playing with and being sick. Yeah, you know it's uh you can I think there's so many narratives behind the way players perform at the end of the day, and, and we we try to balance this, Ryan. I feel like on the fantasy Joseph, like saying, hey, a player gets hurt in a game, you need to pay attention to that. But in the grand scheme of things, I think a lot of that stuff just kind of balances out, right? Yeah, it, it generally does. Uh, I think one of the most interesting stories from this year, and one guy who's risen up everybody's draft boards, and I think the most interesting draft board that it went up, or not draft, I shouldn't say draft board, like rankings, is the player profile rankings for full PPR, uh, is Cooper Cup. Because I, I think Cooper Cup is a rookie. He started off as an undraftable player that you should never have this person on your team ever. No, not really. That's a little exaggeration, but uh, – Right now, after him, you know, but he got he got hurt twice last year, and then had to have surgery. But I think I can't remember where he got torn. But I told all my friends and family who were drafting this year, like fade Cooper Cup, fade Cooper Cup, because it takes too long to come back from an injury. Well, now uh, overall scoring his wide receiver three, and then uh, you know you know points per game, he's still pretty high up there. Where uh, if you were let's say starting a team right now, Ryan, or let's say in your your wide receiver rankings. For Dynasty, where, where do you put Cooper Cup? Oh, gosh. You know, without sitting down and doing rankings, it's, it's a good question. I don't think he is my number three wide receiver. I'll tell you that much. But well, – so, Yeah, points per game, he's, uh, he's also number three. Woo! Yeah, you know, he's, he's 26 years old, so he's a little bit older than people think. Um, he was a little bit Calvin Ridley-esque when he came into the league. Um, and, uh, you know – I, I, I just, like I said, just off the top of my head, he's probably 
Um, lower end, you know, wide receiver one rankings for me, higher end wide receiver two, maybe not as high as some people. Because so, we've DJ, seen, so DJ Moore or Cooper Cup? DJ Moore for me. Ooh. No doubt about it. Yeah. See, I prefer fantasy points, so I'll take Cooper Cup. Well, we're, how's DJ Moore doing this year? Well, let's look at his fancy points. DJ Moore is playing with um, Kyle Allen as his quarterback right now. Let's keep that in mind. So he's still uh, – Yeah, got, I mean, uh, Cooper Cup's playing with Jared Goff. Is that like, oh, <laughs> ouch. Uh, fair, fair point, fair point. So um, DJ Moore is 13.7 PPR points per game, which at a points-per-game basis puts him at 33. Then overall points right now, he's 26. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess I shouldn't say uh, points per game because my, you know, like this, I didn't filter out like, you know, like Antonio Brown sneaks up there because he's played one game and had a decent game. So let's just say G.J. Moore is wide receiver 26 on the year. Uh, and then Cooper Cup is uh, wide receiver three and has, uh, well, what I mean, he's uh, 5.3 points better per game. And then we'll see how D.J. Moore, like, you know, catches up after the bye weeks and things like that. Right. Well, I, I think for me, I, I think that DJ Moore certainly, and I know, I know we're banking on potential. I, I realize that, but you know, you're talking about a wide receiver that's drafted in the first round. He's only 22 years old and he's got a, a longer career ahead of him. So I, I just think DJ Moore is really talented. Um, so, so is Cooper cup. So it's close for me. Don't get me wrong, but I'll, I'll take the younger wide receiver that I just think has um, a chance to be, a wide receiver one for more years because Cooper cup as good as he is. A lot of that is his chemistry with Goff, and how long is, is Goff going to be the quarterback? I guess he just signed that contract though with Los Angeles. So I guess he'll be there for a while. I don't know. I, I just like the talent more of DJ Moore. So maybe if I've got Cooper cup, I can trade him for DJ Moore plus. Maybe that's the way I would approach it. Yeah. If we're in a league together and I have DJ Moore somehow and you have Cooper cup, let's talk. Right. I don't think that scenario exists, but I, I, it does. I, but, but, you know, I, I, that being said, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, these are guys that if you have them on your dynasty roster and if you're any kind of contender, really hard to give those guys up, right? Um, just because they are winning you your league, making you a competitor, and it's just uh, – it, it's tough. I can't, I can't really do that. It, it's hard for me to do that. I, I mean, even if I think Chris Godwin has reached his peak in value, and I'm not necessarily sure he has, it, it's hard for me to trade him right now. It, it's like – emotionally it's hard for me to do that to give up the stud you know yeah for sure and i think that the so because i was uh i even made a joke in a in a chat that was like hey i called chris godwin you know not living up to expectations i'm a fantasy genius and then some <laughs> like somebody replied i didn't see it until I, like just earlier because i had sent it when i was overseas like oh i'm not so sure about that and i was like clear, clearly the 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 top scoring wide receiver per game this season <laughs> that i sent to fade uh, didn't go well. Strange. Hey, well, Self-deprecating humor doesn't translate very well over text. <laughs> no, sometimes it does not. Hey, well, what about you with Cooper Cup? Where is he in your wide receiver rankings? If you were to do so, today, I was looking at these lists today because I haven't done. Remember, like I haven't done and like really written down my rankings in a long time. But there's guys. Uh, I think both on both on DLF and uh, just look at DLF on the player profiler because I mean I have subscriptions to other websites, but like it just. You know, only so many hours in a day for the Joes. Right. But uh, so, like, I, t- I think I would take – I'm trying to think, like, in, in Dynasty, so Player Profiler has Mike Evans under Cooper Cup, and I would take Mike Evans over Cooper Cup because I think that's just more of a 
historical production alpha dog. And they, I mean, he still might be younger, younger than him, like Kevin. So, uh, yeah, confirmed he is. So a little bit younger, but I was thinking like, uh, Kenny Galladay or Cooper cup. If I'm doing a startup draft, uh, as a, like this, this off season, that super flex one, I, I think I would have taken Galladay sooner, but he went and ended up grabbing Cooper cup. But I think now, uh, I would take Cooper cup ahead of him. Yeah, I think sure. I would still take Diggs ahead of Cooper Cup in a startup, depending on team build. Um, because I think you just go through – you have to live through some ups and downs, but uh, I think that, that talent is, is very, 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 very good. Uh, take him over Allen Robinson, Robert Woods. I take him over Chris Kirkisley, Tyler Lockett, Tyler, uh, Tyler Boyd, Toy Hilton. Um, I think my line of demarcation for for Cooper Cup would be that uh, – because it'd be – so I would probably go like Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore. Or like, no, sorry, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, like Diggs, then DJ Moore, then, then kind of moving down the board. So I think you would take Diggs ahead of Cup, no? Yeah, I would. I would. Okay. Then maybe I misunderstood your rankings. You just told me Cup ahead of um... – Sorry. It's a little, <laughs> little bit of sickness kicking in. <laughs> That's okay. But so, I, I, I get your range. You're in that kind of range. Yeah. Those guys are all close together. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because, like, I don't think I'd really care about which one I got. Right. No, no, I, yeah. And, and that's where it makes sense to take advantage of that because if there's a tier of guys that you like and you don't really care which one you have, maybe there is a guy like me that I got to have DJ Moore. You can take advantage of that and uh, get a deal done and get a little piece on top. Yeah, like, I think I'd end up fading DJ Moore behind all those guys. Yeah, and, and that's fair. And, and maybe that's the smart thing to do. I've been known to fall in love with younger talent that doesn't necessarily turn into anything. Uh, but I think we've seen enough. I mean, he's producing. Yeah, obviously he's not producing as a wide receiver one, but, you know, you know, low end two, high end wide receiver three. I, I think we're starting to see it with DJ Moore. Another guy that's on your list that we're seeing that with, and I'm curious of, of your opinion, Will, is Christian Kirk, because he's been out for several games. Um, and, and I think that that maybe he's a guy that, uh, has a perceived lower value now that, that obviously I'm not saying that he's up there with these guys, but where, where are you? I just was curious where you are on Christian Kirk right now. I, so when I was making this, that's why it was such a surprise to me. I might be way lower on Christian Kirk. Uh, I know he had a lot of targets when he was healthy there at the very beginning, but it, it won the, the second, the second injury and being out and we'll kind of see how he has to come back, but I'm, I guess I'm just conservative with him uh, because I don't necessarily trust that that's going to uh, potentially become you know, like a wide receiver one. So, like, player profiler has Christian Kirk at wide receiver 14 uh, in, in dynasty value. And, I mean, I, I think I would take – like, it would be really hard for me right now to not trade Christian Kirk for DJ Shark. Or, I mean, I'd take Kenny Galladay. Like, there's so many, like, Tyler Lockett. I'd take Calvin Ridley over Christian Kirk. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a lot behind him that I think has, would give you earlier production in their careers that you can actually benefit from versus waiting on him and just like suffering losses week to week in your dynasty league. So he's a player that I, uh, you know, you know, dynasty league football has him at, at 22. Uh, I think I, I think I'd have him lower. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's time to pounce on Christian Kirk though, if you want him, because I think he's going to come back and play and start putting up some pretty decent numbers. We saw Larry Fitzgerald kind of fade a little bit recently. I think Kirk is going to be the real deal in, in Arizona. So I, I like him. I think quite a bit higher than – well, maybe not quite a bit higher, but I think I like him higher than you do. Um, I, I think I would still take 
Christian Kirk. Call me crazy over over DJ Shark. I'm, I, I think I would. No, um, he's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of, um, can we can we talk about can we transition to running backs for a second? Because because you've got Ty Johnson on here. And I want to talk about him and carry on Johnson. Specifically. Why do people keep calling him Ty? Do you call him Tide Johnson? No, Ty. Ty. Yeah, yeah, I keep hearing Ty. Maybe it's just my ears. Tide. Tide Johnson. Ty Johnson. Is that cold? Maybe. Um, <laughs> but no. So yeah, he doesn't move with the moon. He's not. He's not a tie. <laughs> uh, okay, but before we get into him, carry on Johnson. Man, what a disappointment. I, I mean. I, you know, and I, I was lower on him than than you and Will. At least I thought until we did that one show the whole time, and and then you guys got me turned on to carry on, and I, and I went in, and my one of my reservations was the whole injury thing, and it could be temporary, and he could bounce back and not have any injury concerns, you know, starting in in 2020. But man, it sucks. He's gone again this year. It's just two lost years with with carry on. He he flashes and you get excited, and then. It's over. So, what are you doing with Carryon Johnson? Is he a guy you're just going to kind of wait a little while, or, or um, if you're a contender, you've got Carryon Johnson? Do you flip him to try to get a piece that can help you win now? I mean, what do you do with Carryon? Well, I think if you're like a strong contender and you're relying on Carryon and you're still winning, uh, you're you're in a good spot. You probably had other players that you're going to be just finding by people to sit for a minute and kind of like reevaluate everything. Maybe you had enough fab dollars and Ty Johnson wasn't owned and you were able to scoop him up. And not that he's going to be a direct replacement at all, but at least it's, you know, some, some comfort before we move on to the next weeks. But uh, I, I don't see, like, I, I don't see, I haven't seen a scenario, and I've looked in leagues to the players that have uh, carry-on. Like, most of his teams weren't doing very well because he's not had a great <laughs> season so far. That's true. That's very true. <sighs> and he, was, he, he took a heavy investment in the offseason if you didn't own him or you were still holding him, which means the year prior – you weren't racking up fantasy points with Carryon Johnson either, so he's one of those players that uh, I think you just have to you have to sit and wait, and he has to be very, very, very like patient, patient with him. And that is not again not my forte as a dynasty owner because come rookie draft time, uh, Carryon Johnson will be on the block. Because <laughs> uh, I want the you know the new person that is in the landing spot that I want that that I want. You know, and I'd have to be able to fade away from those kind of like Duke Johnson players, you know, moving teams the new year, like, you know, if like Melvin Gordon sent somewhere that's intimidated. Anyway, anyway, long story short is that I, I think I, it sucks, but I think you're stuck with carry on. And the other thing that sucks, Will, too, is one of the hopes we had for carry on was this three down running back that's going to get a lot of usage. Well, now it's two years in a row he's gone down. Don't you think when he comes back that, that Patricia is going to want to kind of baby him a little bit? Like, okay, we've seen him go down two years in a row. I don't want to overuse him, so I'm going to be very careful how I use Karan Johnson. So he's not going to be that bell cow just because I, I think his coaching staff is going to feel he can't hold up. So we've lost that element to, you know, kind of what we, we calculated into his value. So, I, yeah, it's just a, it's just a bad situation. Uh, with Karan Johnson, in my opinion. I just – I don't know. I, I, I consider selling him now if you can – Especially if you're a contender, but you're right. You're probably not a contender if you had Gary Johnson on your team. It's just, it's not how, how it plays. Well, he out. just wasn't carried. You know, he just wasn't carried. You're there, and he had a high opportunity cost to have him. Yeah, because he was playing. I mean, uh, you know, Green Bay, seventy three percent of the snaps. Philadelphia, seventy five is where he peaked out at. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, if you can't handle that kind of workload, I mean, he had a lot of touches in those games. Uh, Green Bay was a little bit less uh, because that was just kind of like a you know like a back and forth. Actually, you didn't get to see that as overseas. But I think that game wasn't like super high scoring or fast paced. 
And then the last one, you know, he, he got hurt pretty early on. They came back on the bike, and then now he's getting knee surgery. So, but lo- long story short, is he he was playing. He, they like escalated his snaps, uh, and and then he got hurt. Yeah, but you can't like. I feel like an NFL running back and as a coach, though, you can never be afraid of injuries. Like, look at Dalvin Cook. You think the Vikings were scared of Dalvin Cook's injury history? He was. He got tore his ACL his rookie year. The next year, he had big time hamstring problems. They still wanted to like really establish the run game, and he came back. He's performing really well. I mean, there's no there's, there's no guarantee that he's not going to get banged up at all. Also, Leonard Fournette's another example. He struggled with injuries his first two years pretty badly, and just like general attitude. And this year, uh, Leonard Fournette's a stud. So yeah, yeah. Uh, bank on that. Like like believe believe in believe in that aspect of it. That the the Lions don't have enough draft capital and assets to draft from the running back next year. So he'll be back. Right. Just like the to this year, you know. Like Leonard Fournette wasn't going to be replaced because he's too high paid. That's too much dead. Well, I guess they got rid of some of his guarantees potentially, but uh, yeah, they, they couldn't really replace him, you know? So what did you find out about his replacement? Or at least we think he's the replacement for Carrion Johnson, but we're not so sure. It's rising tide. I mean, Ty Johnson. What'd you find out? Well, <laughs> rising tide, Ryan. Uh, so I, so I remember we talked. So we talked about Ty Johnson in the pre-draft process. Do you remember this? You did. I, I don't really remember it. I'll be. Honest oh, with you. I was very excited because he has. He's like a. He's like you know the guy who created tornado uh, out of nowhere or something. He's like this like urban legend uh, for his pro day and, and what he did. And I was also very curious. This is you know because player profiler is a place that I go for like workout metrics and that versus his pro day. They're just very different. In this instance, in uh, ways that I wasn't expecting, uh, one he weighed in at I think two twenty four his pro day. He's five ten. I think he weighed in two twenty four. Uh, he had four forty times his fastest. Like the people like clocking him, uh, the fastest was four point two six, and the that's, slowest was four point three four. That's fast. That is fast. Uh, player profile him at four point four five because they discount pro days, which I think is I think. It's, Accurate, but I just want to like let's get let's run this hype train. I just want to go hype train here anyway. Hey, even four four five is good. I, I mean, that's still uh, uh, what they've got ninety two percentile and player profiler. That's not bad. That's the really good. I mean, I don't know. It is is it? Is it? <laughs> we know yeah. he's fast. There's no question about that. We can all agree on that. Yeah, he had a thirty four inch vertical there, which is higher than mine. So that's a big sign. Uh, <laughs> And then he, they said in the, his pro day, he repped the bench 29 times. Nice. This is, uh, third profile is 13. I should know where that, yeah, again, I don't know where that comes from, but like this dude was just stacked up at his pro day. I don't know if he'd inject himself with something or like just gone crazy, but he also didn't run the 40 time. A second time he did like a Ronald Jones where he kind of like tweaked something in his first 40. So he didn't do it again. Uh, he was never a particularly healthy, uh, running back in college or bell cow. Like his touches were very low. I didn't, he was never a big receiver. He was an explosive player. His yards per carry were pretty high all the time. Uh, I I have some concerns about his uh, about him holding up, you know, in in the long term. But right, I, I guess I don't care. I, I want him for a few weeks, <laughs> and I'm willing to pay for it in, in my in, you know, in my dynasty or other leagues. I I stashed Ty Johnson quite a few places, and it wasn't even for like a carry on injury. I just thought he was an intriguing prospect. Uh, but now that I look back on that carrying injury, we should have been more apt to uh, suspecting that. Yeah, with his injury history, I mean, with, with mounting injury history, we can say now. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's intriguing, and you know, 
even though I, I think maybe it wasn't the wisest idea for people in say redraft leagues to go spend, you know, 40, 50% of their fab budget on Ty Johnson in a dynasty league, uh, stashing him, or even if you had to spend most of your fab budget in a dynasty league, there's not a lot on those dynasty waiver wires. It's totally worth it. And, and he could be, what do you think? Are you expecting like running back two numbers rest of the year for, for Ty Johnson? Is that your hope? Or are you just like a flex Are you keep guy? saying Ty? Do you keep saying Ty Johnson? No, Ty. Ty. T-Y. Ty Johnson. Ty. Ty. Hey, Johnson. I have very low expectations for him. I think you might have a chance to boom here, though, against the against the Giants. They have a good running offensive line, you know, and uh, he can. He also had six targets in that game where Kerryon Johnson went out. I know McKissick's going to take some things off there too, but um, I do not have – I should say I do not have running back two expectations for him because I'm trying to temper my expectations overall because I just don't trust it. Like I – and I think in redraft, it depends where you are and what you, know, what you could do, but investing in a starting running back that's passed their by at least has the opportunity – to win you some games. Like, so I'm in a league where I'm, I'm three and four and I spent a little bit like a decent amount on tie because like Jamie Williams didn't pan out. Miles Sanders isn't panning out. Uh, David Montgomery is scoring points. Like I'm struggling here at the running back position. I just need like a couple weeks. Give me a couple weeks from him and let's go. And I was he's willing to spend for that. He's in a smash spot this week with the giants. I mean, look what uh, Chase Simmons did uh, last week against them. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. And maybe he's a guy where if he does play well this week, you, you could flip him if you wanted to, if you don't, don't believe in him for the rest of the year or, or so, long term. So, Ryan, you're a, you're a contending team uh, in a super flex league. Of course say, I am. Starting rosters. Uh, would you pay, let's say, your late second for Ty Johnson if you – Not a chance, no. <laughs> I just don't believe in him that much. Because um, I, th- I think it's going to be too muddy, that situation. I, I mean, this week I think he's going to play well for you, but with – with Ty Johnson and uh, McKissick, and they might sign somebody. They might sign uh, uh, like C.J. Anderson or somebody like that to come back, right? So I, I just don't have faith that he's going to take over that backfield. I, I, and, and the, you know, if on Johnson couldn't put up huge numbers in Detroit this year earlier on, I, why I can't – Ty Johnson, who's a lesser talent, is not going to do it. So, uh, so, no, I wouldn't pay that much. But maybe a third, you know, for – C.J. Anderson didn't put up huge numbers on the Rams – last year okay um <laughs> yeah so maybe a third i think that's as high as i would go i can't pay a second for uh, just okay okay so you're you're on the ty johnson owner side your team yeah. isn't doing very well and somebody offers you a third are you taking that or you're holding out for more you hope like trying to package maybe what i would do is i would um i would try to package ty and and my third for for their second is what i would try to do so i would try to try to get a second out of them one way or the other if I have to package a pick, I'll package a pick. Yeah, so because I did a quick like debate on Group Me tonight because he offered me his third. This dude's uh, it's one team where I'm, I'm going to finish dead last pretty easily. Mistakes were made in life, but uh, I have Ty Johnson, so that's a big win. But he offered me his third, <laughs> and I was like, no, I was like, hey, you know, uh, you, you have a pretty strong receiving core. You have Nikhil Harry. Can I package Ty with something to get Nikhil Harry? And he basically just said, no, I'm not seeing anything I like. I was like, okay, well. I don't want to move him for a third because I'm just going to try to move him around elsewhere in a, a little package uh, because I think that Ty Johnson is something you hope for in a third-round pick. And his exact response is, uh, oh, so what you look for in a third-round pick is a guy who's, you know, fringe startable for a couple weeks. 
And I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you expect? I third round picks. You know, these, these are major dart throws. If I could get a few startable weeks out of them, uh, in this, like in this scenario, it's huge. Yeah, like, like, dude, what, why are you offering the – like, you offered me. You, you want him from me. Why are you giving me shit about my counter offer? Oh, this dude's horrible, though. I, I, I Honestly. I, I, I just swore I'm going to have to put the E on the episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have to, I have to, like, take a deep breath uh, and not rant against this person because he always offers super lopsided trades that only benefit him and don't do anything for you the entire time and then, like, acts appalled when you, when you question him about it. That's the worst. That's the number one worst owner. Okay, I don't mind. Like he got called out in the draft too by somebody else, and this is a brand new startup draft. I was like, oh, I mean, I guess I don't care. Like, and as time will tell, I just hate it. I, I mean, this is a league I'll probably leave in two years. Yeah, because I get we all get bad offers. I'm in leagues where I get bad offers, you know, all the time, and that's fine. And and you know, reject them or say here's you know if I even explain why I rejected it, I don't mind getting bad offers, but. It's the uh, someone that's insulted by me not taking their bad offer. I just, oh, I have no time. Yeah, I even got like this side eye emoji with like you expect like you don't expect more than a couple weeks like a fringe starter out of your third round rookie picks. I mean, yeah, I'm not that smart. So, but I will say some people can bully their way into deals with other owners. I mean that that's a he's done he's done it the entire time. Yeah. Absolutely, I rate. Yeah, I, I hate that though. I hate the bullies where they just like beat you down, and you're just like, dude, just don't, don't message me anymore. I'll give you whatever you want. I just don't want you to communicate with me anymore. Um, yeah, that, that sucks. Oh, we talked a lot about different league situations on the show, more so than I thought. Um, but well, we should probably wrap this up. You know, we're we're kind of in a weird situation this week with with me being in a hotel room and you, uh, you know getting something yeah something something's going down with with will green yeah i definitely think i was running a little bit of a fever today at the office which i don't think i tried to keep it under wraps uh because i'm basically out of vacation time after this last trip <laughs> oh man that sucks i mean it's i mean it's fine like uh but i was very excited to come on tonight the so the one thing you guys were talking about last week and the thing i was thinking about like historically you know, there's so many different uh, top 36 performances, you know, yeah. for wide receivers overall. And I was like, I wonder what this is for two, like twos and ones. And so there's been, so you just don't have a lot of consistency out of your wide receivers this year at all. And I, I'm not, I don't want to dive into it any further, but just to say that, like, I guess I'm not as, I don't have as much FOMO as I did two weeks ago. I'm missing out on the early wide receivers performing. The only player that I'm sad I missed out on that I didn't get enough in redraft leagues was DJ Chark. Yeah, but you can you can fix that. Um, he hasn't been performing so well of late, at least his last game. So maybe you can uh, go out and buy him this week. Well, I tried. I tried to offer Carlos Hyde for DJ. Chark. Oh, that's... Yeah, standard league, standard league. Come on, how can, how can someone turn you down? What a great offer. Yeah, it's Carlos. Actually, I think I'm also high. I'm, I'm rising on uh, Duke Johnson again. Yeah. His snap count was up again last week. It was up last week. I think, uh, you know, you get – it's 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 like the classic Carlos Hyde thing. Remember last year you got like five good weeks out of Carlos Hyde? Yeah. Like, and then next year when he switches teams again, uh, <laughs> as soon as week five hits, you sell that. You sell that that mofo like right away. So that's, a, that's, that's my little like buy for the rest of the season is anybody who's super down on Duke Johnson scoop him up. Hey, well, before we end the show, any final thoughts or any thoughts on the deals that went down with uh, Manny Sanders going to the Niners and then you've got Mohamed Sanu going to the Patriots. To, 
does that impact anyone's value for you? Do other of these guys want to go out and buy? Does it present a buying opportunity for other 49ers wide receivers? Uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts about that? Any opportunities with those deals? Uh, so for the, for the Sanu going to the Patriots, uh, what is it like Justin Hardy for the uh, Falcons? Maybe a good like DFS play. I'm not trying to – I mean, Calvin really will probably get more targets, but the, the, are the Falcons like secretly tanking? Like it's very odd. It's also weird to me that the Patriots paid a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. I feel like that's a really steep price. That also put them over the cap, and now they have to make adjustments for. I just think with the second rounder, they could have gotten somebody better. Like, why? Like, why not give you know your second and third rounder for AJ Green if you could afford it, you know, or something like that. So Sanu was a weird, a weird choice to me. I guess you didn't have a lot of receivers on the block. With Sanders going to. San Francisco, I don't really care about – like, I don't think it'll change a lot of his performance in San Francisco. I'll be very interested, though, because Kyle Shanahan said that he's going to start in week eight. So there's potential that Muhammad Sudu plays seven – or, sorry, not Muhammad Sudu, uh, Emmanuel Sanders plays 17 games this year because Denver didn't have their bye week. Ah, and now he's going to play this week. Yeah. You know, I, I think the Patriots were interested in Sanu because of – they think they control him next year as well. So they get a two-year deal. And um, I, I like the move for the Patriots, though. Be aggressive. You know, they just lost Josh Gordon. It's official. He's on IR. I don't know if you saw that. Acquiring Muhammad Sanu is never aggressive. I just want to put that out there. This is a general football stamp, but like a fantasy or in the NFL. That's not an aggressive move. Yeah, but he's a guy, my understanding of Muhammad Sanu is that he does all those things that the Patriots want him to do. Like he'll block on, on running plays and stuff like that. He's, he's a Patriots man. You know, like he's, he's going to be a good fit um, in New England. And, uh, no, I think Manny Sanders is good for, uh, for Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, I think he is the wide receiver one in San Francisco. And it's, I, I think it's interesting for the Broncos. Now we'll see if, if Cortland Sutton – well, does it hurt him or help him? Does oh, Noah him? Fant. Let's go. And Noah Fant and uh, Deshaun Hamilton. If, I'm not a big believer in him, but um, – uh, Noah Fant's going to get a whole bunch of targets. How many of those he catches? Yeah. It's big. It's big. But targets, targets here. Woo. All right. Well, I, I think that's that's all I got tonight. Do you have any other th- final thoughts before we we sign off here? Yeah. What a treat for uh, Muhammad Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, hey, we're on really terrible teams. Let's go to some Super Bowl contenders. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> it's it's just uh, interesting to the, the way NFL works now. Uh, there was I was reading an article. Of, just on my phone today, uh, they were talking about like proposed trades for the NFL, yeah. and it, it made me realize that a lot of writers don't like really understand how many, like how teams value first and second round picks in the NFL, like the real NFL draft. So it's uh, you know, there's so much more to go into it. It's very easy to say that you should move players for for picks, but it doesn't. I mean, it's it's just such like a small out. Like we talk about like values for picks next year in different situations to try to be like a good like dynasty uh, advisor but when it comes to the real nfl gets to do with a lot more things and so just dealing with picks for you know for future assets is not always the best way to go about it when thinking about how these work well and jobs are at stake here too i mean you know you've got a there's pressure from these organizations to win even if if uh some of these gms know that their teams don't quite have it i mean look at john elway with denver you know like they should have torn that thing down a couple of years ago instead of like going out and getting Flacco and putting him in there. I mean, they were trying to win this year, believe it or not. And that just didn't work out. They, they've been trying to do that for years. 
Um, I, I think the Bears will probably see this play out with Mitchell Trubisky. I, I, I'm going to go on record and say, well, it's clear to me he's a bust. He's just a bust. He just doesn't have it. Yes, he has some, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I know it's, not, it's, not, it's not a hot take, okay, but I was holding that hope. With the number okay? two overall pick, yeah. Jackson <laughs> okay. sucks. But, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, I, dude, uh, Mariota's also not a bust, so you're good. <laughs> but here's the thing. These teams, they've, they've got, you know, um, you know, Ryan Pace, his, his pretty much job is tied into Mitchell Trubisky. Matt Nagy, his job may be tied into Mitchell Trubisky. So if the Bears give up on him, they're basically saying they screwed up. I mean, I, see, I think they could still pivot and still try to win this year. Well, they Nagy didn't go- draft Trubisky, though. That's important, right? What's that? Nagy didn't draft Trubisky. No, I guess that's, that's the, true. This is John Fox era. Yeah, well, yeah, it was, it was Ryan, Ryan Pace that did it. But, but, you know, they also, you know, Virginia McCaskey is not getting any younger. I think she's in her 90s. So they want to win it for her while she's still around. And, you know, they really want to win now. So they're going to make decisions to try to win now. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just, there are just some things that compel teams to keep doing this. People want to save their jobs. And that's just one of those examples. I'm hoping that the Bears will decide if they want to give Virginia McCaskey a championship, they should go out and just trade for anybody. Nick Foles. Andy Dalton, I don't care. This is someone that can not, you know, that, that can like run an offense and, and, and make r- decent reads like 30% of the time or something. You know, I mean, it's, what's Chase Daniels' record as a starter? I think it's pretty high. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he probably would be better. We'll see. I think they're going to ride Mitch, though, until, you know, the guy gets killed. Bring uh, back Cutler. Let's go. <laughs> uh, another part is. I think the Washington Redskins might be one of the worst run organizations in the entire NFL. And I don't know if it's close. The whole Trent Williams saga on the offensive line. I was kind of curious to see if it was going to come out because, you know, uh, they have, I think they have a bye week coming up or no, no, the, I think the, the the Browns were on their bye week and they're, you know, they're really being like trade contender. I decided that if they had traded to the uh, Trent Williams, to the Browns this week, that, that uh, the whole front office of the Redskins should be fired. Uh, because they clearly were making him miss another game check for sitting down a game, you know, and holding out instead of going to the Browns on their bye week. Like I was, I thought about the amount of like, they have so much, uh, uh, it's not a, the, the grudges against players. Like they, they hold so much against them. Uh, and they clearly have horrible, uh, advisors and surgeons. You look at Darius Geist and Alex Smith, the amount of affection on their legs. Like let's see some trends here. They handled Trent Williams very poorly. Right. So I am a – to me, it's, it's trending out on everybody there, though. That's what I mean. Like, when people say, like, buy Darius Geis uh, low or, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I'm actually fa- – I'm starting to fade pretty hard on all of these players because I, I don't really want to be a part of that situation in the coming years. Uh, as far as if I don't have them, I don't want to pay. And if I can sell them for fair value, I, I'm totally in. And, and that's one thing about Daniel Snyder being the owner in, in Washington – that guy isn't going anywhere. Owners don't go anywhere. And even if he cleans house, he's going to hire a bunch of, you know, yes men to him and they'll make poor decisions. And this franchise will continue to be a dumpster fire. So that's, I think that's a good point. I, I mean, at least with the McCaskey family in Chicago, I mean, I'm not saying they're the best owners in the league, but if they need to make a change, eventually maybe they'll be slow about it, but they'll make a change. Things will turn around, but that's certainly not the case in, in Washington, DC. That's for sure. Yeah, and, like, Dave Schneider still takes, like, or at least he used to, but, take, like, the cheerleaders would have to go to this, like, sex party in the, uh, I think it went to, like, Puerto Rico, 
a bunch of the boosters would go there. Did you read this article? No. Uh, and the yeah, they would have to like hand in their pa- like cheerleaders would have to like hand in their passports to like the resort staff, and like it just sounded a lot like prostitution, like forced prostitution from the Redskins organization. Like it's gross. It's just horrible, yeah. and it's there, and there, and there's still the Redskins. You know, what I mean, like it's still right. the the whole principle of the team is just gone. And like, uh, you know, Gruden wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't like a horrible coach. He actually made them better than what they were and made them worse in the long run though, by like, like propelling them to better results than what they should have been doing. Yeah. All right. I guess on that so side, Redskins, so, so hide your wives. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess on that side note, we'll uh, we'll sign off here. But we are the Fancy Joes. You can support us on Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash Fancy Joes. We're at FFJoes on Twitter. Um, we come out every week on Friday. So let's do this again next Friday. So on behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes.